Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Because of the conflict in Ukraine, we may actually exceed the 7%, and that's probably what's going to happen. At 7%, for a family of four, it's a 1000 bucks more that you need to put aside to pay for the same food you would have bought last year. So a 1000 bucks. So as I pointed out to uh, Professor Charlebois, for you or any family in this country to have $1,000 extra for food, you're going to have to take uh, earn about $1,800, dollars $1,800, because the government's going to take their skim off the top. So that $1,000 is going to be from your net, the extra $1,000. It's not just that. And by the way, Professor Charlebois did say that inflation as far as food is concerned, will hit 9 to 10% before midsummer, if not sooner. So keep that in mind. You've been to the grocery store, you've seen the prices, you know what's going on. So now, if we go to the other aspect, the other part of what we are, who we are and what we're doing, and that is our energy supply and our need to get things done, big country, few people, lots of space, need to drive, need to get to where we're going. The price of gasoline and the price of diesel going up very dramatically. If you think of what it was six months ago, a year ago, it's dramatic. And remember, there are people who will say, well, I don't drive, so it doesn't really affect me. Yes, it does, because it costs a lot more for transport companies to fuel their trucks and you will see, as I saw just recently, if you haven't already, you'll see it somewhere, there'll be a fuel surcharge on your bill. So that's all going to be added to what you have to pay. That's the reality of interest rates going up, inflation that we haven't seen for 30 years, and uh, the cost of goods climbing. So let's get at this issue of fuel and uh, what it costs. So for that, we always bring in our good friend Dan McTagg, the founder of Canadians for Affordable Energy, former Liberal Member of Parliament. And, uh, Dan, so you heard the interview that I aired with uh, Professor Charlebois. A $1,000 increase for food over the next 12 months. And then we add what's going to happen to the gas pump. What is going to happen? Can we project what it's going to cost for additional gasoline or and or, or diesel over the next 12 months? Well, his commentary was very shocking, and he's very gracious in how he approached it, uh, Dr. Charlevoix, because, of course, he pointed out uh, several months ago that uh, prices would increase between November and now by what amounts to about 8 or 9%. So he's adding on to that another 7 8%. Uh, this is a very serious situation that Canadians are already experiencing on the fuel side. Roy, it's not lost uh, on folks like me, but uh, who had warned this was going to happen, especially given our federal government's policies uh, designed to choke off pipelines, choke off the export of our number one uh, most valuable precious commodities, that's oil and gas, and the effect it would have on lowering the Canadian dollar. You and I are paying, if we're using 60 litres a week, an additional $1,900 a year just in fuel. That's uh, so to get to work, to take our kids to school, uh, to whatever practice or whatever we are doing. And, of course, this between now and next year, I would expect that the price of fuel will probably go up another 8 to 10%. Now, that's a number of variables in there, but this didn't include, of course, uh, 
the uh, the invasion of Russia and Ukraine because it's going to be a long term uh, drive, you know, with prices going much higher as they uh, continue to uh, reflect uh, both scarcity and unwillingness for anyone to invest in the very thing that uh, gets our economy to run. So at the same time, uh, we're looking at food inflation, we're looking at heating costs directly related to natural gas, directly related to diesel costs, even at any price. The rest of the world is simply saying we want more of this stuff, and countries like Canada, their government, are refusing to supply it. We have the ability, and we were, as we say many times, we were pegged as a net energy exporting nation just a few years ago. We were going to be taking care of what much of the world required. We don't do that any longer, or we never did, actually, and, um, and and I'm not sure we can even take care of our own needs. Now, is it fair, Dan, to lay everything at the feet of the federal government and say, you guys are responsible, uh, fix it? Well, Roy, the last time we had $100 oil, the Canadian dollar traded at par with the U.S. greenback. That's critical, because economists will tell you from A to Z that our every commodity we use and purchase and consume in this country is priced in U.S. dollars. If you have a scenario where you've blocked pipelines, and I think uh, Mr. Polyev spoke to that uh, very earlier in your show, the first one off, in fact, uh, if you have a scenario where you continue to destroy uh, the thing that generates revenue and attracts capital into Canada and your Canadian dollar continues to depreciate, it takes 127 pennies by U.S. dollar. Well, you can expect that that's adding 40, about 25 to 26 cents a litre to, uh, to every time you fill up in gasoline. Second, you have a federal government that uh, has uh, began, doubled down, and now tripled down on this idea that we can increase carbon taxes. In my province of Ontario here, it's 12.5 cents a litre. Between those two factors alone, that's 38 cents a litre. It's 44 cents a litre for diesel, the fuel that drives our economy, the workhorse of our economy, is now being heavily taxed directly as a result of the federal Trudeau Liberals. I'm not sure what it's going to take for the public to understand this, because a certain it's clear to me that the Liberals and their allies who defend the indefensible are actually driving up, to a large extent, the hyperinflation that we're seeing in Canada. And it's going to hurt. Uh, and it's on top of, of course, interest rates and other things. But, you know, food, fuel, heating, the, the necessities. And I, I hope everybody's rich, because you're going to need to be in this country. So... What are the options? If we look big picture again, so we go back to what we talked about yesterday uh, with the executive vice president of SN, uh, MNP, uh, LTD, 57% of Canadians concerned they may not be able to pay their bills at the end of the month. 40% have concerns about bankruptcy, potentially, if interest rates go up significantly. So if if we take that... And then we look at what's going on, what you described to us. What are our options from your specialty, Canadians for Affordable Energy? What are the options the government has to relieve pressure for Canadians? So we don't have my rather um, basic definition of inflation. When you go to the gas station or the grocery store at the same morning and you can't afford to fill up it either, what can they do? Drop the carbon tax immediately. Save 12 cents a litre. Second of all, follow that up with an immediate move to ensure that no pipeline in this country gets blocked. Take Bill C-69 uh, and 40, uh, sorry, C-48 and 49, the two acts that uh, made it much more difficult to get a pipeline approved in this country and blocked uh, any uh, vessels from entering uh, the Pacific coast from, uh, from, from taking place. Eliminate those pieces of legislation and then put an end 
to uh, what Europe is doing. It's basically saying no to climate change, COP26, Copenhagen, and to Glasgow. Stop it. Is that, you need a government to say the reality here is that we have said Mr. Putin's ability to fight the rest of the world using our money, using uh, the, uh, the, the, the uh, vulnerability of Europe to be able to continue allowing him and his oil regime to be able to do what Canada ought to be able to do. So don't block pipelines. Build them, at least two of them. Get them ready. If the United States doesn't want it, that's fine. The rest of the world does. One east, one west, no carbon tax. And I think you'll get the economy up and running again. And you will not face what Tiff Macklin is going to have to do, as the bank governor is going to have to do in the next six or seven weeks, and that's to raise interest rates three-quarters of a percent. This is real, folks. And unless you're really rich, you're not going to be able to fend off what's coming. Okay, so let's go to your calls. Uh, I think we have Tom in Vancouver. How are you, Tom? I'm great. I dropped Thank in you. late. Oh, go ahead, right? please. Oh, yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, I dropped in late, so I'm not quite sure about the uh, the uh, credentials of your uh, guest, but um, I don't think I've ever heard quite a, uh, such a, frankly, a, a silly uh, oversimplification of, of a geopolitical uh, problem. I, I think it's... Um, I think it's wonderful that someone thinks that the uh, the solution is to start pumping more oil, and that's going to end a war and going to change things, all in the name of really just maintaining an economic status quo that we have now. Because you know, so let me so bring good. let me bring Dan, Tom. Let me bring Dan McTagg into the issue. With eighteen years a member of Parliament, he's the founder of Canadians for Affordable Energy. Dan, go ahead, talk to Tom, please. Well, that's fine, Tom. I mean, I did serve uh, this country in foreign affairs, but more importantly, uh, you live in a province and in a city, likely in Vancouver, that is home to the highest prices for energy anywhere in the world, uh, especially when it comes to gasoline and diesel, much of it due to taxes. No one is denying that uh, Russia has power. The fact is Canada has yielded that power to countries like Russia by not allowing its oil to be uh, shared globally, oil that is done in a far more ethical way than any other nation I can think of. But most importantly, if you don't think it's important, if you don't think oil and natural gas are important, then perhaps uh, you want to do without things that are important uh, in your life that are made and derived with oil and gas, including, you know, uh, electric vehicles, including uh, renewables such as uh, windmills, uh, things like solar panels, none of which uh, can replace the uh, the importance of oil globally and uh, certainly not replace the importance Canada has in producing. Tom? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying that oil and gas isn't important. I do, in fact, understand that. But I just think that when you pinpoint one focus on this as a solution and not appreciate that, you know what? It is a question of adapt or die. But the geopolitical situation, the economic situation, is shifting, and it's, I, I just don't think it's useful to be like you know firing shots at the government. I mean. Uh, don't forget, there were many conservative governments before this one that also made their own, uh, uh, laid the groundwork for the situation that we're in right now. So, again, I just think it's a complete oversimplification okay. and a one-word answer to a huge yeah. problem. And well, there you go. Tom, I have to get some other callers on. I thank you very much for your call. Final thought on that one, uh, Dan, before well, I get Well, I mean, Renee apologies on like Tom uh, for the Liberals is one thing, but uh, they have to accept responsibility. The fact that Mr. Putin can sell six million barrels of oil, which Canada could easily displace, but it's government and liberals chose to destroy two uh, two pipelines that could have done just that. But I'm not looking about 
looking at what's happened in the past. I'm not familiar with the Conservative government or my Liberal government that did those things. I was part of a Liberal government that encouraged the development of pipelines in our resource sector. And if okay. Tom doesn't get that, and he'll respect, uh, respectfully, I think you have to understand, the cost of living is, uh, is a consequence Let's and a far less uh, safe world as a result. Let's talk to, to Renee in Calgary. Hi, Renee. Hi, how are you today? Good. How are you keeping? Good. I got a question for Dan, really, because he was mentioning about how he says that the government's not doing enough and that we should be building a pipeline to the east and one to the west, which I totally agree with. The only problem is, is the government bought a pipeline going to the west and it's B.C.'s municipalities. And I think part of it was the provincial part that keeps bringing it into court and appealing the, the building of it. As for Quebec, they will never accept oil from the west. So how are you going to propose getting a pipeline to the east? Can I just jump in here for a second? Because the Montreal Economic Institute polls year after year after year show that the people of Quebec, not the government, but the people of Quebec want pipelines and they want the oil from Western Canada. That is year after year after year. Montreal Economic Institute. Go ahead, Dan. Well, look, I mean, Montreal does take, and as does Quebec, a significant amount of imported oil. I mean, uh, the Valero refinery, uh, one of the largest in eastern Canada, brings in a lot of oil from the United States and from other places around the world, Irving, uh, from a variety of countries. I think the the real question is how long can Canadians continue to look the other way and assume that uh, we can simply wish oil and gas away. Look, I'm not a fan of the oil and gas industry. They hate the fact that I predict gas prices, denies them tens of millions of dollars every single year. But specific to the issue of pipelines, absolutely important. One of the reasons the the, uh, the Trudeau government and its latest budget was able to skillfully get away from the possibility of a, of, a, of a default was because we had massive revenues that were able to sell a lot more oil to the United States than we normally can. We need to maximize that and put an end to uh, Vladimir Putin and other nations' ability to uh, hold, us, uh, hold us at bay. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.